The Charlotte Hornets lose another game over the weekend. They get beat comfortably by the Miami Heat. But now we have to ask a question. Are we seeing the final stages before the rebuild hits? That's all today on Locked on Hornets. We're Locked on Hornets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. And as always, that includes YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. Use code Locked On to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E jacemedical.com there's doug branson in his charlotte hornets christmas sweater looking very festive and uh, you look great buddy every hornets box score.com go check them out well thank you uh it's just it's very cold here in nashville we are officially snowed in um we've got four inches of the white stuff outside and it is about 12 degrees feels like zero so uh, yeah we're bundled Mm. up here and we're ready to talk some hornets we were rained in last week as much as people hate snow and it physically traps you in more so than the rain does. Although we had some real flooding here, the snow, I would still choose over the rain. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I'd still choose the snow. I'm Walker mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 PM. Still not good news to talk about on WFNZ or every Hornets box score about the Charlotte Hornets. Doug, they lose again. And the first half was uh, offensively challenged to the utmost degree. How about 31 points in the first half for the Charlotte Hornets team? 16 in the first, 15 in the second. They finally started to look and score at least. Maybe not look, but they finally started to score like a real NBA team in the third, fourth quarter. The second half did look better. They lose to Miami 104 to 87 last night. But this is the real story. It happened at the end of the game. Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer, he dropped a piece about what players were saying afterwards here, Doug. Here's what P.J. Washington said. A bunch of stuff is happening. Uh, If I had the answers, I feel like things would be different. But for us, we've got to buy into the process and keep trying to get better each and every day and have a better attitude and play more together. Here's what Terry Rozier said. I think we are going to talk it over at a players only meeting. And I think we're going to figure it out because as bad as things are going, we are only five, six games behind a play in tournament spot. We win the next three things can turn for us. We've just got to believe that as a team and put that effort toward it. I'll reread that. We've just got to believe that as a team and put that effort toward it, toward getting to the play in. So players only meeting. I feel like he talks about after the players only meeting, Hey, there is something to believe in. We are only a handful of games away from a play in tournament spot. And so even if we don't believe that they're going to be able to get there, it's important that the Hornets do. If you want to salvage anything that looks like an NBA basketball squad out there on the court every single night. So I do like that. But anytime you hear players only meeting, your antenna starts to go up your trouble radar. Now, there's been a lot of trouble this season, but now the players, <laughs> now you look like a reindeer. You are festive as I've ever seen you before. Now we have a players only meeting, Doug. 
What do you make of the comments from PJ trying to tell you we just have to buy in, we have to play together, we have to play with a better attitude? And Terry said we're going to talk it over as players. Well, this is big news, Walker, because we don't get many players-only meetings in in Charlotte, and and they've had some not. bad seasons before, and we just don't get. Maybe we maybe they have them, and we just don't know about them. Maybe they've been more secret players-only meetings, but this has not been a team that has generally employed players that were super passionate enough to to really rage, you know, in a post-game press conference or call a players-only meeting. So obviously things are, are dire, and it makes sense when you watch that Miami game that this would be the game where there's a players-only meeting because the body language did not look very good in this game, especially on some of these transition possessions that Miami had. Miami beat the Hornets 25 to 4 in fast break points. Now that that's an incredible stat, okay? But let me just let me layer on that to that fact that the Miami Heat turned the ball over 14 times for 23 Hornets points. 23 Hornets points and they still got beat in fast break 25 to 4 in this game. Incredible. Miami was getting back mm-hmm. in transition, the Hornets were not. They were out of sync. The communication was poor on offense and it was even poorer on defense Uh, but this team is totally out of sync And, and I think Walker as they get guys back this is the problem when you've been injured when you got injured so early so often and now you're in the middle of the season you're you're deep out of the playoff race and now you're welcoming guys back and you're going to run into a few problems no one is in the groove like you were coming out of camp, right? That's what camp is for. Camp gets you in the groove. Then they lost all these players, and the players that remained were in a groove. They weren't very talented, but they were in a groove. And now you're bringing all these guys back. Now they're out of the groove. And on top of that, you're going to have guys coming back, like LaMelo, like Cody, PJ, Mark eventually, who are going to want to ramp back up. They're going to need possessions. They're going to need the ball in their hands. Meanwhile, everybody else that's been there the whole time is like, hey, what, what, what about my, What about me? I've been here the whole time. What about me? So there's all of these competing egos, competing forces, and I think that's what they have to get figured out in this players-only meeting is what are, what are we all doing here? Yeah, and especially here just some more quotes from Terry and PJ. Here's more from Terry. Defense is all effort, so we've got to come out more ready to play next game because we weren't ready to play. The first half was terrible. If teams don't feel us on the aggressive side, then it's just not going to work out for us. You are playing against the best players in the world, so we have to be more physical. PJ Washington said we have to do a better job buying in. It's as simple as that. Quote, we are messing up on coverages. We're not doing the right thing on offense. So we've just got a lot to clean up. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it it does feel more player-centric though, Doug. You know how sometimes when you get this dysfunction, maybe dysfunction is too harsh. Maybe we're just talking about a bad basketball team, right? I, I don't know if I look at full-on dysfunction. There's a lot of problems there. The problems are there's a ton of injuries and they're not playing well. And so the players are frustrated. That can certainly lead to dysfunction. That's how you get there. I don't know if I see that. What I do see are players frustrated with themselves, at least in their comments. Sometimes we'll see players make some not so camouflage comments towards the coach. Well, you know, if we would have done this, then maybe we would have won this game or gotten back into it. I don't see any of that. I don't know if you've seen anything that would counter that. No, but I do think that they're frustrated within themselves. And so when we go to the players meeting, 
players only meeting usually means some bad stuff. And and that might be the case here just because they're playing poorly. But I, I do hope something good comes from it because I think that is a possibility. If you have the vocal leaders speaking to the media in this instance, PJ being very forthcoming on what's going on, Terry Rozier, who we've heard this before. He's always been that guy to be more outspoken than everybody else in the locker room. I'm hoping you actually have some leadership from those guys that step up and it translates to something that we see on the court. We've heard comments before off of it. Does it translate to something on the court? Doesn't mean you're going to win a lot more basketball games, but you got to look better than what they've looked here, Doug, yeah. because it it's, it's, it's really bad. We've gone through seven and 59. We're always going to have that us Hornets fans. We're always going to have seven and 59 to rely on that as being the worst season we've ever seen, but pretty bad it, it's it's tough to watch every single night well and the problem walker is that when they get frustrated it's because they're getting frustrated with their offense when the offense is out of sync then it starts leaking into the defense there are not enough guys on this roster that that pride themselves that sort of uh ground their entire game on their defensive effort and, and i think that's that's the message that needs to get through in this players only meeting is that if we want to fix this that it's got to start on the defensive end of the floor because when they start missing shots, this is not the kind of team that traditionally is able to lock in on the defensive end and and salvage a game. Instead, what you're seeing over and over again is this team get down 10-15 and not be able to get back up. And that's despite the fact in this game that LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier did pick up their offense in the second half. They came out of that they came into that third quarter and they were able to get the lead back down to 12, but that's where it stopped. And that's because Miami consistently was getting back on defense. They were consistently getting steals. They were consistently getting out of the transition and making shots. And the Charlotte Hornets were unable to get enough stops on Miami uh, to to really finish off a a comeback. And so, yeah, I mean, they've got to start taking pride on the defensive end or this thing won't get fixed. And look, going back to what you said at the beginning, at this point, I think most reasonable people would look at their record and look at their roster and say, it might be a wrap, okay? But yeah. as a professional athlete, you cannot be a reasonable person. You have to, you right. know, it, 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 these guys aren't reasonable because they'll miss six shots and then take another one, right? That's not reasonable. They have to, they, they can't think like that. They have to have that supreme confidence because you want this team, even if they're not going to make the playoffs, you want this team to play well so that young players have an opportunity to play good basketball and develop that way. You want players that look, if you, if you want to trade Terry Rozier or any of these other players, if that's your desire as a fan, then, and and for the team to get the most value out of that, then they need to be playing well. Cause if they're not, you know, remember what happened to PJ Washington when he went out of the free agency market, teams were like, nah, Team hasn't really played well, and you know we, we don't find a ton of value in that. And so the Hornets were able to extend that free agency period and get a good deal. So you want the Hornets playing some level of good basketball to attract those kind of pieces. So there are a lot of reasons for this team to play well, and uh, hopefully this players-only meeting matters, Walker, because it, it yeah. doesn't have to matter, right? I mean, uh, Gordon Hayward recently was on the Paul George's podcast and talked about players-only meetings multiple players only meetings at those Celtics teams with Kyrie Irving and um and and you know they had a bunch of all-stars on that team Tatum was Terry Rozier Tatum was on the on the come up 
and they would have players only meetings and then everybody would walk away and be like, eh, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. so it doesn't, like, you can have the meeting, <laughs> yeah. right? You can all get together and have the meeting. It's only going to matter yeah, if guys right. go, if everybody is on the same page and they walk away and actually make changes. Yeah. Uh, finishing point for me, you just hope that they feel they still have something to play for. I imagine it's really hard to go out there. And even if you're right, they're playing for contracts, they're playing for pride, they're playing to move on and fit with another team. If you wanted to go get traded, if that was the case, but also that's why I really hope they buy into we're only five games out of the play in spot, because if there is still a team oriented goal for this specific team, then maybe there is something to play for in their brains and maybe they can turn it around and just play better basketball. That's all we're asking at this point. We have a couple more segments to go coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll give you some player observations. What else we noticed from this Miami loss over the weekend. That's still to come right here on lockdown Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? If you found yourself cut off from modern medical care and treatment on an outdoor adventure, natural disaster, foreign country, anything like that, the question is, do you have a plan? With the Jace case, you can secure your own supply of basic antibiotics with ease and peace of mind. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff really could happen to any of us, and everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com, use code Locked On. use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. More Locked On Hornets ahead. Let's go to some of the game observations here, Doug. We can start off with LaMelo playing now what is his second game back from injury after coming back the previous outing. You see LaMelo's stat line. He goes 9 of 24 from the field. Not a great shooting night from distance. 3 of 13 from beyond the arc. 10 rebounds, 5 assists, 3 steals. Ends up finishing with 21 points. What did you make of LaMelo Ball in his second game back? I thought it was a decent game. Uh, as you said, he got the double-double. Uh, only five assists. I think Terry was the one distributing more. He was the only major rotation player with a positive plus-minus. He was plus eight in this game. Uh, only played 30 minutes. And that's, you know, look, they, they're going to be careful with his minutes. Uh, they're trying to be careful with Cody Martin's minutes as well. He's down to 22 as he comes back from injury. You know, there's a recognition by Clifford that he's got to start reducing the minutes of some of these guys that are coming back from injury to make sure that they stay back uh, with the team. So 9 of 24, 3 of 13, you know, his his three ball did come alive probably at the right time in that third quarter when they needed to make a run. But missing 10 three-point shots is typically not going to be a problem for LaMelo Ball. You want him to, to keep shooting. The problem is in this game when, when nobody wanted to get back on defense, those deep threes – were just easy for Miami to take and make and make quick yeah. shots. I mean, that's you know, and it wasn't just Lamelo missing those threes. I mean, they were they were atrocious uh, from beyond the arc in this game. Ten of 41, 24 percent, thirty four, well, thirty five percent from the field overall. Um, this is a game that with with a really wild box score, uh, Walker. They got seventeen offensive rebounds. 
uh, for how many second chance points did they have? They had 23 second chance points to the Heat's two. The Heat only had four offensive rebounds. Typically, when you dominate a team like that on the offensive boards, you win that game. When you get 23 points from the other team in yeah. turnovers, you typically win that game. That's how bad the offense was in this game. It was it was truly a wonder to watch. Well, yeah, you're right about, I mean, 17 to four is a big old gap and even just out rebounding Miami period. I mean, because of that, really, they got out defensive rebounded 40 to 33, but you'll take 50 to 44. In fact, if you were to just, that's the classic. If you were to just give me that stat before the game, I thought, oh, okay. I would think the Hornets are going to be in it with possibly a chance to win it, but that was just not to be, this is just classic shots are not falling for them either. Right. I mean, they, everybody was cold. The best shooter on this team, the best score was clearly miles bridges who goes eight of 17, but also misses six of a seven, three point attempt. Yeah. So every, nobody was hitting nobody like just to give you here, here are the field goal numbers. One of three for Cody Martin in 23 minutes, eight of 17 for miles, one of five for Nick Richards, closer to the basket you are, the more you dunk it and you go one of five, puts it in perspective. Nine of 24 for LaMelo, eight of 23 for Terry. We go to the bench, two of seven for PJ, O of six for more Thor. Mensa, oh he God. goes one of one. Mensa goes one of one. He's 100% from the field. But yeah, and everybody is, it, Miles is almost at 50 and then everybody else is, you know, 40, somewhere around there or below. It was really bad shooting night. And Steve Clifford uh, mentioned that after the game. Nobody could hit shots. We desperately need Gordon Hayward and Brandon Miller back. That's what Steve Clifford had to say. Yeah, well, and he's right. I mean, look, and 41 three-point attempts for the Charlotte Hornets, that was by Miami's design. That was not by the Charlotte Hornets' design, okay? Because every time the Hornets went into the paint – you would see three or four Miami Heat jerseys collapse immediately. And the Hornets could not kick the ball out. They were they were either hesitating for a half a second too long or they just couldn't pass it over the the four or five hands. That's look, Miami's defensive attack is so sound, it's so solid, it's so aggressive, it's everything you want the Hornets defensive attack to be, and it's not. And it's because all five guys are dedicated to executing the game plan. And the game plan was the same game plan that we've seen from multiple opponents against the Charlotte Hornets. When they get into the paint, surround them. Do and and try not to even let them get near the paint because here's Here's the thing. If the Hornets even do manage to kick it out, they're going to be kicking it out to Bryce McGowan's, to Cody Martin, to JT Thor, guys that just have not proven that they are consistently, Miles Bridges, not consistently shooting the three ball very well. Teams will take their chances every time letting the Hornets shoot because the Hornets to this point have proven that they cannot. I want to get back to something on LaMelo Ball, though. I kind of got, this is my fault. I got a little off topic on the LaMelo Ball thing. Multiple times, I don't know if you saw this, Walker, multiple times, LaMelo Ball attacking the rim, trying to get the same whistle that he got in his first game back, did not get that whistle, was very frustrated. But more concerning, he kept falling into the stands, whether it be the fans on the sideline or he kept falling into photographers. And every time I'm like, oh my God, no, please, no, please get up. Like he's tripping over photographers. It is scary, especially with a guy with that many ankle injuries. Oh my, I don't know how you felt, but I was like, oh my God. No, no, I don't want to. This is it's not quite to the joke. Nothing good ever comes from hustling. I don't I want him to still hustle. (laughs) I don't want him to go into the stands trying to make sure that, oh, my neck, 
my back in order to get the foul. I don't want that to happen. And yeah, got zero here. I mean, the exact opposite of going for a career high in 15 of 16, the previous outing gets zero where this is like maybe some of not all of them were fouls, but this is one where this goes to more of the Lamelo just can't buy a foul call. That's been his problem the last couple of years. And he just, it, it doesn't seem to be fixed consistently. Like I do think he's been getting it more this year. And I think like part of my problem with that, Doug was in previous seasons, I I think Lamella would shy away from contact and try to finesse at the rim. Mm -hmm. I do think he's welcomed it a little bit more. I think he's gone up before he got hurt. That's the sample size we can go off of. He was going at it with two hands. Um, I think he's getting better in that regard. And I think the free throw attempts are up because of it, but it's still not happening consistently. And the officials, they're to blame too. I mean, the officials aren't calling it nearly as much as they should. Well, they're not calling it consistently because he was getting the same kind of contact in this game that he was getting in the last game. And he shot 15 of 16 from the free throw line in the and two games ago. And in this game, uh, he ended up shooting, oh, zero, <laughs> zero free throw attempts for LaMelo Ball. None. Insane considering how many times he drove to the cup. And insane, and insane in terms of how physical Miami plays. Uh, so there's that. But I think the problem is that LaMelo over his career has lived on two extremes of trying to get foul calls, right? You were right. Early in his career, he was over on the the left side of the spectrum, which is I'm not going to see contact. I'm going to play finesse. And then somebody got in his ear, or maybe he watched some tape and was like, oh, I got to get to the free throw line if I ever want to score 40 what? points. So he went all the way over to the other extreme, which is I'm going to like – he's operating like MKG and like crash – uh, Gerald Wallace, where he's just like the flail when he gets frustrated, when he doesn't pick up those first couple of foul calls, he starts flailing his body into the stands. That's going eventually over time, that will lead to injury. Watch Luca, watch Jason, watch Shea, all these other guys. They're not falling into the stands getting foul calls. They're not flailing. They they use stop and start dribbles, change of pace. They they are very crafty. James Harden. You never see him. We rarely see him fall in the stands. They are crafty in the way that they generate contact such that they are not sacrificing their own body and yet getting to the free throw line. I think it's probably going to be another offseason of work. That's what LaMelo has to find. Otherwise, he's going to find himself back on the injury list. Yeah, and plus just the rip through, right? The easy one. The one that's so frustrating is when somebody puts their yeah. hand in there to take your cookies and then you just rip. Right. Boom. Oh, now there's contact. I'm going to the foul line, especially in the bonus one on one, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully we can see a little bit more of that and him actually get the foul calls because he is drawing contact. One more segment to go coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We'll give you some of the injury updates. Brandon Miller, where do we stand on the rookie that we actually desperately need right now? Not even just the next five years. We need him right now. If the Hornets will play better basketball, that's still to come in the final segment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the NFL regular season already said and done, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Now that we're about to get past wildcard weekend, we're about to be part of straight up conference championship, getting to the Super Bowl. And right now, new customers can get a $150, excuse me, they can get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. And the app is so easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. And the best way to find popular parlays, that's where you can go find those. And there's even more than that. If you want to bet 
or get in on the action with FanDuel for the next Hornets game. The next Hornets game is going to be on the road against New Orleans, and that is going to be on Wednesday. Some Wednesday night basketball on the road against New Orleans if you want to go in on FanDuel because it's not just the home of the NFL. You can also get involved with the NBA as well. So we appreciate FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. One more segment to go. Lockdown Hornets. Doug, I mentioned Steve Clifford's comments after this game against Miami. Said they need Brandon. They need Gordon. They need him back just for offense. They just need some more scores on this team. That's what happens when you scored 31 in the first half. Well, we can speak to Brandon Miller's injury. Steve Clifford said he does not think that the injury for him is serious, serious. I think it's more day-to-day. Hopefully, he'll be able to practice on Tuesday. We'll have a better idea then. But that's on Brandon Miller's back injury that kept him out against the Heat. That was the nasty fall that he took against San Antonio when, of course, LaMelo comes back for his first game since November 26th. So Brandon Miller, uh, he's much needed here, Doug. Uh, No question about it. We knew that pretty early on. And now that he's injured, we're seeing some of the effects, especially without any shooting. LaMelo and Brandon and Terry, like, it's weird. They have shooting. It just hasn't all come together, and they've had so many guys out at different times. But Brandon Miller certainly could help with that three-point shot. Oh, totally. And it's good to know that this injury that he sustained on that hard fall that he took when Keldon Johnson uh, tried to take him out, that that, that that injury has not really evolved much from what we heard you, you know, when they declared him out for the rest of the game. It stayed a lower back contusion because I saw his head. I really thought it hit the floor. So I was super concerned that this might turn into a concussion protocol situation. So happy Doesn't that, look like it moved to his hip either. It looks like uh, right. his hip is okay right now, just as yeah. bad, which is very nice. Totally. And, and what it shows you the weirdness of like the lower back contusion because that's but I think they've changed from calling Mark's injury they started calling it a lower back contusion when he was doubtful now that that now that he's outful instead of doubtful um he I think they've just changed it to lower back so I think there's obviously something maybe more than a back bruise going on with this with this deal but you know, maybe different guys recover from it or the severity of the lower back contusions are different with different players. But, you know, it, it seems like we're not going to be missing, you know, a month's worth of time from Brandon Miller. And that's good. And what will be interesting to see is how his minutes are managed going forward, because that's one guy that Clifford has definitely ridden and ridden hard. And you don't want to do that really with rookies or you're going to risk not freak. I mean, you know, you're always at risk for like a freak injury like that, where you go up for a big dunk and somebody knocks you down. But, you know, other kinds of injuries, just wearing down the body. Uh, This is going to be a player that's going to be very important to the franchise for many years and when you, your playoff hopes are, you know, pretty thin at this point, there's no reason to, to risk any, like, long-term damage on these younger guys. Well, this is where it comes down to Steve Clifford. How much does he care about the future? <laughs> Cares about the right now, right? Like, and if you're this, – this is the problem. Yeah. Steve Clifford knows. He, t- he flat out told you he's got to cut down on Cody Martin's minutes when he returns. He has to cut down on Brandon Miller's minutes. But – clearly for his best interest, he needs to put the best players out there as much as possible. And so you would hope that logical minds evaluating what Steve Clifford does would understand that Steve coming back in 
him feeling like this is his last shot, yeah. that he would want to play the best players as much as possible. And that means Brandon, because Brandon, flat out, one of the best players on the squad. And so if you're sitting him in for Bryce McGowan's, who only played five minutes, by the way, that's the guy that has, he's not even really in the rotation now that Lamella is back in. He's doghouse is where he is. He yeah, had he his is. shot. He's, sure. look, he, a lot, yep. this is very similar to Book Knight, right? Book Knight got some shots because of injury and really failed to live up to, to what he needed to do. And you, you can see he has difficulty ever finding the floor again at some point. Uh, it might be the same fate that Bryce McGowan's faces. So, you know, Brandon, you, you need Brandon Miller. I Steve Clifford wouldn't do this. I'd like just ride Brandon Miller for 48 minutes just because that's the best thing to do for himself. But it, you, you feel bad because there's just not a lot of pieces on this uh, on this team. And, and last thing, just real quickly, Doug, Gordon Hayward continues to be outful, as you mentioned. So, you know, he's he's in shoot. He's in shoot around. You could see him warming up. He's taking some jump shots, but just not comf- uh, comfortable cutting on that hamstring yet. And so the, the wing wow. that looks like he'll come back a little bit sooner is Brandon Miller, based on the comments that we heard. Well, there's, there's always two sides to a coin, right? And that goes for guys who are on expiring contracts, especially veteran guys, older guys that may, you know, Gordon Hayward's probably looking for his last or second to last contract of his entire career. And so if you're him, put yourself in his shoes for a second. If you've got an injury that's a feeling kind of injury, like, ooh, like, ooh, am I a little tight? Am I a little, you know, and, and you don't want to be hurt at all for the rest of the season because, again, you don't want to be hurt in the off season because that's when you're going to be trying to get more money. Like, why would you rush that back? I mean, that's, you know, that's going to always be an issue sure. with guys that are on expiring deals. Um, but on the Brandon thing and on the Clifford thing, Clifford's obviously conflicted, and and you can tell that when you hear him talk about the minutes that he's distributing out. He's not a psychopath like Tom Thibodeau, who's like, "I'll play no. guys forty five. No, 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 you know no, what I'm saying? No, like he cares. Yeah. He cares about the players, right? But his yeah, he, he well, understands yeah. what his mission is. His mission is to go and win as many games as possible, and until the ownership group or the front office or whoever is above him gives him a new mission he's going to do what it takes and what he feels like is best while at the same time having some compassion as a human being for another human being but you know that's that's the difficulty of this whole thing is what you know especially for the ownership group like when do you pull that plug how hard do you pull that plug um as you're trying to sell folks on reimagining spectrum center and all these other different things that's right all right that'll do it here just real quickly wanted to clean up gordon hayward calf injury i said hamstring calf injury gordon hayward is i'm sure he's suffered a hamstring that's right (laughs) yes uh, that's right um but yes it's a calf injury for gordon hayward and final thing go check out a lot of those comments i got from rod boone on the charlotte observer so plenty of other comments he also discusses some of the other issues with this squad go check them out um rod boone on his twitter timeline just go to charlotteobserver.com and you can find some of the other charlotte hornets content that we relayed here on locked on hornet that'll do it thanks for making locked on hornets your first listen we are free and available anywhere you get your podcast and that includes youtube have a great rest of your day we'll be back with you tomorrow potentially giving you more updates on injuries but also doug has some thoughts on this center rotation is it still bad despite us actually taking one that we all (laughs) felt good about and mark williams is it still bad center rotation find out tomorrow thanks again 